afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Coming up on the Sunday Mass or, or weekend Mass, if you go to Vigil on Saturday, you're going to be hearing uh, from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. It's a very famous passage. It's the call of the fishermen, where Jesus calls those uh, to become fishers of men. And joining us right now to lead us in an extended reflection on this passage is Peggy Stanton. Peggy is the author of From the White House to the White Cross. She's a dame of the Order of Malta, was ABC News' first female Washington correspondent, and has hosted many programs on Ave Maria Radio, including the Malta Minute with the Catechism. should mention, too, that her newest book is The Order of Malta, Minutes with the Catechism. So what started out as uh, radio reflections has now been uh, put into a book. Peggy, good to have you back here. Thanks. With you. So nice to see have you again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a tough... Last week was tough. Yeah, you did. Yeah, a real bad chest cold. But mm. it's good to be back. And uh, what I'll do is, as I usually do, I'll read the passage, and then we'll get to uh, what you've discovered about it. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. After John had been arrested... Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. Again, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. I have to say, before we start, this is one of those passages of Scripture which seems, in my mind, is unnecessarily minimalistic, <laughs> I, I agree with you, Al. There's so many questions that come to mind I about the, these these men. Uh, what was the what were what were the antecedents? You know, how did yeah. Jesus recognize right. them? Right. You know. Yeah. Anyway, and how the family? I love the last passage. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Bye, Pop. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're on your own. You, you yeah. hope you got a good uh, fishing rod. <laughs> yeah, it just, I've often, uh, uh, I think I asked, speculated on this with you before, uh, as to, uh, and, and I thought about it often when I was young, uh, what was it? If if it was that sudden, and, and as you say, you don't know what the antecedent was, so there may have been, you know, a previous uh, acquaintanceship with Jesus or uh, seen him or sure. heard mm-hmm. about him or whatever. But let's say if it's the way the gospel gives it to us, what was it? Is Here's this man walking along the shore and calls to them, follow me, and... <laughs> They get out of the yeah. boat and just follow him. I mean, he must have had uh, an extraordinary uh, countenance in a way. I mean, his eyes. I always thought it was something about his eyes, and the, the way he would look at people. 
Yeah, some something that when they encountered him, they there's no time to dilly dally here. Let's just yeah. follow this. We're going to follow him right now. So, well, of course, when you think about it, he was God as well as yes, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there had to be a tremendous supernatural power emanating from him. Yeah. Um, when the the um, Didache Bible focuses uh, more on the conversion aspect of this than uh, so much the the call. I mean, well, it is the call. I should say I shouldn't say that. It is the call. He's saying uh, repent, uh, repent. Uh, the the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, but the the Bible talks about <clears throat> what conversion is rather than discipleship, uh, on which some interpretations of this gospel really focus all on discipleship. Mm. So yeah. this is what the Didache says. It says <clears throat> it concentrates on the call of our Lord to repent and believe in the gospel. And uh, the Greek word metanoia, which was a favorite word of my mother's, (laughs) yeah, uh, means a profound uh, conversion of heart. Mm -hmm. This grace of conversion and the capacity for holiness is conferred to the faithful in baptism. The apostles prompt acceptance and unconditional response, which we just talked about, to the call of Christ, exemplifies the proper dispositions to embrace discipleship. Repentance is not reserved, this is such a good point, for only the beginning of the Christian life, but must be a constant disposition throughout each day of our lives. Lent is a special time to elicit conversion through prayer and penance. Then, of course, the Didache goes ahead and cites the following paragraphs from the Catechism from which uh, it distilled this summation. And again, talks about the kingdom of God is at hand. How often our Lord says that, right? Yes, yes. Uh, The time is fulfilled, he says. Uh, Repent and believe in the gospel to carry out the will of his Father. Christ inaugurated the kingdom of heaven on earth. Now the Father's will is to raise up men to share in his own divine life. I hadn't thought of it as the Father raising up men. Mm. Yeah. Had you, I mean, I think of Christ raising up men, but um, I like that image. Yeah. I like thinking of the Father, you know, uh, in the background there, um, Seeing to it that his his son has all the tools he needs, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, it is. I mean, it, it, Jesus is uh, on a mission uh, from the Father, right? Yeah. So the Father is certainly overseeing uh, mm-hmm. the, this project, you might say. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, this gathering is the church on earth, the seed and beginning of the kingdom. And paragraph 542 says, Christ stands at the heart of this gathering of men into the family of God by his word through signs that manifest the reign of God and by sending out his disciples, Jesus calls all people to come together around him. But above all, in the great paschal mystery, his death on the cross and his resurrection, 
he would accomplish the coming of the kingdom. And I, he said, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Into this union with Christ, all men are called. And I wish they'd hurry up and get to him. (laughs) (laughs) Paragraph 1422, those who approach the sacrament of penance obtain pardon from God's mercy for the offense committed against him and are at the same time reconciled with the church, which they have also wounded by their sins. And we don't think about that no, much. No, no, I, I agree. I think that's we we tend to think we tend to think of sin as something that affects us, mm-hmm, uh, our soul, mm-hmm. uh, right? Uh, puts a black mark on your soul, or somehow deforms uh, your soul. Um, but really, in the church's understanding of it, uh, our sins are not just personal; um, mm-hmm. they affect our corporate identity. Mm-hmm. as uh, Christ's body on earth. And that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's hard sometimes to see that on a, say, we say local or more individual level, but I t- it's very, very visible of, uh, in wartime, isn't it? The sins of, of the people who initiate uh, oh. the war and how it affects the the thousands and millions of people beyond them yeah this those are decisions that are made by civil authorities mm-hmm. for which they have to bear responsibility um uh, but it's yes so in that case i mean we can see the consequences of sinful choices mm-hmm. um and that is war is uh we are fairly tolerant of war. Uh, yeah, much more so yeah, than we should be. I think so. I, when you go back and look at, when we get historical distance from mm-hmm. wars, very few wars end up looking like just wars mm-hmm. as you get re, as you get mm-hmm. some distance on them. Right. And um, you know, I would think that uh, certainly in my life, as I've learned more and more about history. Uh, I've become less and less, um, less and less willing uh, to say uh, this is a just war. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There are other. Well, let's uh, let's go back to the text. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, I just add that um, Pope Francis said war is always a defeat. I think that's a very. No, yeah, that John Paul II one. said that. That's, uh, did he? Yeah. He yeah. said the same thing? Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> was uh, war Francis is plagiarizing? Oh. <laughs> war is always a defeat for humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So paragraph 1427 talks again about Jesus calling to conversion. And uh, he says this is call is an essential part of the proclamation of the kingdom. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. seems like this phrase is almost a mantra of the gospel. The Lord says it all the time. Right. Right. In the church's preaching, this call is addressed first to those who do not yet know Christ and his gospel. Also, baptism is the principal place for the first and fundamental conversion 
But uh, is it uh, St. Paul or St. Augustine who said that there are two kinds of conversion, conversion of water and conversion of tears, which Mm. is genuine repentance that may come much later in life after baptism. Yeah, the grace grace, uh, of the sacraments can show up. I like to say that I fell away from the Catholic faith Mm-hmm. But I did have an adult conversion to Christ, but it yeah, took another twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> but from in my case, it took another twenty years mm-hmm. for the grace of my baptism to actually draw me back to the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Peggy, hold it there. We'll take a break and continue our conversation, looking at this Sunday's gospel reading, Mark chapter one, verses fourteen to twenty, the call of the fishermen. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. We continue with the call of the fishermen, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. My guest is Peggy Stanton, who leads us in these reflections uh, every week. Uh, so we're, it makes us a little sharper uh, when we hear the gospel reading on the Saturday vigil or Sunday morning. You know, there's something, Peggy, I, that occurred to me um, as we were, you know, t- talking and I didn't make the point uh, last segment, but there's it, it, that phrase, then they abandoned their nets and followed him. The New American Bible uh, leaves untranslated a little word there uh, in the Greek, and it's the word which is translated immediately. Then they abandoned their nets and immediately followed him, is what the Greek text has. Yeah, and Mark uses that. I think it's Mark. That if you read through his gospel, it immediately is a word that seems to be repeated all the time. It's the speedy that? gospel, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, Mark is. It's, yeah. That's one of the characteristics of his writing. Uh, it's 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 sharp. It's fast. It's unadorned. Yeah. Yeah, and in case you didn't get it, he uses the word immediately. <laughs> it does. He does in many places. All the time. Hey, reader, if you haven't noticed, uh, this happened immediately. <laughs> you know, I think it's also interesting that in this passage, uh, you've got Simon and Andrew, and you've got mm-hmm. James and John. Mm-hmm. Um, si- uh, Peter, uh, Simon, Peter and James and John are actually become Jesus' inner circle. Yeah. Those become his most mm-hmm. intimate friends. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting. They're right here at the yeah. beginning of the Gospel of Mark. I, I don't know why Andrew never got into that yeah. inner circle. but it, Because he's the one who told Peter. Yeah. So, yeah, they're very strange. Yeah, but it's worth worth pointing out. I think. Yeah, it is. That that's a that's a very interesting point. Um, and in paragraph fourteen twenty eight of the Catechism, you know, we were discussing before the break the fa- the um, call to conversion is an ongoing call. You yeah. you can have a great return to the faith that you talked about, and it happened to me too. Um, but that just because you have a um, kind of a bombshell, <laughs> you then have to have little bullets all all along the way to keep you going yeah. and and converted to the end. It says Christ's call to conversion continues to resound in the lives of Christians. This second conversion 
is an uninterrupted task for the whole church. Clasping sinners to her bosom is at once holy and always in need of perfection and follows constantly the path of penance and renewal. This I think indi- uh, I think purification is the word there, not perfection. Oh, I'm. What did I say? <laughs> you said perfection. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear me say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Al. Purification and follows constantly the path of penance and renewal. This endeavor of conversion is not just a human work. It is the movement of a contrite heart drawn and moved by grace to respond to the merciful love of God who loved us first. And I like this part. Paragraph 878 says, Finally, it belongs to the sacramental nature of ecclesial ministry that it have a personal character. Although Christ's ministers act in communion with one another, they also always act in a personal way. Each one is called personally, you follow me, Mm. in order to be a personal witness within the common mission to bear a personal responsibility before him who gives the mission, acting in his person and for other persons. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you say, you know, in a very personal way, Mm -hmm. or I absolve Mm -hmm. you, the priest says, from your sins. Then we have, um, that's, that's all we have from the catechism on this gospel, but then we have our friend Monsignor Charles Pope, pastor, speaker, columnist in Washington, D.C., who uh, in his uh, column in the National Catholic Register this week drills down on discipleship itself and points out that uh, Jesus' first followers, just like you were saying, were fishermen. And he catalogs, I hadn't really thought of this, Uh, I don't know whether you had, he had catalogs the good qualities of fishermen. They are patient, because they're often waiting many hours, even days, for a catch. They're professional. They learn about all types of fish and their behaviors. They learn about navigation and the right times of day or night to fish. They are purposeful, totally focused on fishing, nothing else. They are pursuing. They go to the fish. Monsignor Pope says the key word for disciples and evangelizers is go. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. finally, uh, Father Pope says, fishermen are partnered. They work in teams. Jesus sends his disciples out two by two. Yeah. And here they're called two by two. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I must say, it's a de- definitely, if you may have noticed, that a much easier and joyful way to go. <laughs> <laughs> when you're partnering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> For, I, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that is if you like your partner. <laughs> uh, but uh, let me ask you this question, um, which I have asked myself. Suppose uh, you were in that boat and... Christ came and said, or or let's say Christ came today and said to you, 
follow me. I mean, would you be willing to drop everything and and immediately follow him? Well, one always hopes so, uh, that you would have the grace to do that. Um, but think of all you'd be leaving behind. Right, and, and I, I, the thing that would... Cons- <laughs> The thing that would con- this is funny because uh, who would take over your show? Right, I, I, I'd be thinking, uh, who's going to take care of the family? Who's going to take yeah, care right, of the ministry? Right, right. and and uh, but you know, this, Peter, and Andrew, James, and John had the same problem. I mean, we know with James and John, for instance, that they were they were commercial fishermen. Mm-hmm. And they had their father, Zebedee, in the boat. Uh, yeah. They had hired men, so they're probably a fairly successful commercial operation. Mm-hmm. And they take off. And in fact, in um, Sirach 3.16, uh, it says, those who, ne- those who neglect their father are like blasphemers. <laughs> and so, he, you know, the, if, they were, if they knew that passage, that would have had to go through their mind. Yeah. You know, do, do, what are we going to do? Going to leave Dad here? I mean, <laughs> how old is he, you know? How, yeah, right. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think for all of us, we would, we would be hung up about responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do I abandon my current responsibilities in order to follow him? Mm-hmm. And that's why this, and I, it would be hard for me to say uh, that I would just go. I'd, I'd want to make sure that everything was taken care of. Yeah, yeah. just like that, um, uh, the, the the fellow who said, oh, let me go bury my dead yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Lord said, let the bear- dead bury their dead. Right. That's an interesting line. That means that mean dead of soul bury their dead. Um uh, and and uh, he who does not put me above everything else is not worthy yeah. of me. Yeah, and you, and you have to, you know, you may be called to uh, leave mother and father, sister mm-hmm. and brother. Mm-hmm. They may actually become uh, barriers, obstacles to mm-hmm. your being a faithful disciple. And well, think uh, about Mother Teresa at eighteen, left yeah. her family, never saw her mother again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very, it's a very, this is why this passage is is so fascinating. All these questions that you're raising right now Mm -hmm. are left unanswered. Right, yeah. So you look at them and you say, how could they do it? What did they encounter Mm -hmm. in Jesus that made their leaving, um, you know, leaving father, leaving the commercial enterprise that they had, built up, what did they encounter in Jesus that made it a responsible decision to leave all that stuff behind and follow him? Mm-hmm. Do you suppose that the, the when our Lord wants to unleash all of his divine power, or a great deal of it, more than, say, he does in other circumstances and when he it is so powerful that it was almost impossible to resist uh, yeah i mean i would i would think something very special happened here uh it, I, it I, has to have yeah i mean look he there's a complete abandonment yeah. of both their occupation uh their commercial enterprise mm-hmm. 
and the abandonment of their father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the father, what's he thinking here? I mean, in the social context of the day, uh, family obligations were just paramount. Uh, as I said in Sirach 3, uh, if you, you know, abandon your father, you're like a blasphemer. Right. Well, and then you have the element of uh, conversion is here, too. You can't assume that these fellows were saints. <laughs> yeah, that's before, good. Yeah. You know, and, and so they had to experience... In those moments, uh, a, a very immediate kind of conversion, and we talked about the fact that it has to continue to go on and yeah. on day after day, but something um, must have uh, propelled uh, that conversion, that initial conversion, right there on the spot. Yes, and it's interesting because this a little uh, pericope, as they say, this little uh, section, uh, starts out, by saying the kingdom of God is at hand, repent mm-hmm. and believe in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that Simon and Andrew, James and John, following that command, repent mm-hmm. and believe in the gospel, mm-hmm. my guess is that they're presented as examples mm-hmm. of those who repent and believe in the gospel. So, Well, you know, that, that word repent... Um, even when we've had this discussion, is anybody in hell... Um, <laughs> oh, with Pope Francis. Right, yeah. right, with Pope Francis' uh, uh, statement. In a way, I can understand what he's saying in, the, in that every person who goes to hell is a victory for Satan, something our Lord would never want to see, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And yet- uh, but, 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 but the point is, you have to repent uh, you can't. He, the Lord, makes that extremely clear yeah. that uh, without repentance, you're in big trouble. Yeah, you turn from your sin and you turn towards God. That's what metanoia uh, means. There, it's a turning, uh, and it goes. It goes very deep. And, and it has to case, be continual turning, right? Yes, yes. And in this case, though, this initial turning with mm-hmm. Simon and Andrew and James and John. They're turning away from their occupation. Mm-hmm. They're turning away from their family. Mm-hmm. And we wish we knew what their family was thinking. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I was going over some early messages of the Blessed Mother in Medjugorje, and I was struck by the fact how often she talked about conversion, almost every message has some element uh, urging people to conversion. Yeah, well, this is the ongoing work, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is our ongoing work. The the project is conformity to Christ. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to be working towards sainthood and Mm -hmm. uh, praying that we'd have the grace to make those decisions turning away from sin and turning towards God mm-hmm. uh, until the day in which we have perfect conformity to Christ and are united with him uh, completely for all eternity. A huge goal. Yeah, yeah. Peggy, thanks. Thank you. Good talking uh, with you again. Peggy Stanton, The Call of the Fisherman. I'm Al Cruster.